listen, we're not even like toxic positivity is out the window. Like we're talking about real shit. Like this is really what's going on. And I think that's what people love is that relatability. And it's not so much because it's negative. I think it's just because this is life. Like sometimes things are not sweet, you know, and you just got to be honest with yourselves and each other. And I think that's what builds compassion as well. You're listening to Chats with Kat, where I catch up with my fellow millennials every week to share their journey of self-actualization, overcoming fear, and paving the way for a soul's purpose to shine through. Let's start that right here, right now. Hi, beautiful beings. Welcome back to another episode of Chats with Kat. Thank you for being here. I'm excited to bring forth another interview with yet another amazing guest. Today's guest is one of those people that I have been admiring on the internet for a while, but I have not had the chance to meet in person. And it became clear once we got to chatting through video that she's even cooler than I ever imagined. And let me tell you, I already thought that she was like, that girl, (laughs) that person is Priscilla Adjaman. So Priscilla is a digital content creator, public health professional, and the founder of Sadie Baddies, a virtual safe space for black and multiracial people to destigmatize mental health and initiate collective healing. Priscilla's brand, Sadie Baddies, is dedicated to bridging the gap between mental health awareness and minority communities through digital discourse such as the podcast, The Soft Life with Sadie Baddies, workshops, live events, and creative collaboration. Sadie Baddies has partnered with brands such as Nike, Pinterest, Panty, and Rare Beauty, as well as other wellness companies and organizations. Sadie Baddies has also been featured in Health Magazine, Pop Sugar, PBS American Portrait, and Self Magazine as one of 44 mental health resources for black people trying to survive this country. Before we dive into this chat, I just want to remind you that in addition to this podcast, I curate a bi-weekly wellness newsletter called Eleven, where I share 11 wellness-related musings that I came across over the past two weeks and write light reflections on life lessons that I am integrating. It's totally free and you can subscribe by clicking the link in the show notes. And one last thing before we dive in, if at any point during this episode you feel moved or inspired, which you absolutely will, please take a moment to rate and leave a review for the show. It would mean a lot to me and will help me bring on more inspiring folks like Priscilla. Okay, let's do this. Let's jump into my inspiring chat with Priscilla Adjaman. Okay, now we're going to start. <laughs> Hi, Priscilla. Thank you for being here with me on the show. I'm so, so, so excited to finally get a chance to chat with you and to dive deeper into your story. As we were talking about before we, we hit record, we've been connected on the internet for a while and I've been deeply inspired by your work with Sadie Baddies and just the way that you write and that you kind of express your yourself, your routines, your approaches to life. I think you just posted a reel today that I watched that I really liked. Like just the aesthetics, the softness of everything that you share has been very comforting, especially during a time where I've been trying to dip back into like the social media game or not even the game not even on the back end as much as I haven't been consuming a lot of social media for a while because it was overwhelming and when I see your posts and when I see the things that you're doing 
you make me feel like I want to be on Instagram. You're one of, you know, you're one of those people and one of those creators that's just like, yeah, like this is good for me. This isn't one of those things where I'm like, oh, this, I wish I didn't see this. Everything that you post, everything you share is yay. Okay. This is good. That means everything. Thank you so much, Kat. I'm so excited to be here with you and to be chatting with you. I honestly, likewise, like everything you share from like how to make oat milk from scratch <laughs> to like, you know, your travels, like literally your newsletters, everything just feels so warm and, and intentional. And I really, really appreciate that. Um, and I'm excited to talk to you today. Yay. Thank you. That means a lot. So this season, I'm really trying to explore the ways in which community leaders and activists and folks in wellness and in general people who show up for other people how y'all have been doing how you've been navigating life and how you've been taking care of yourself and this stems from me having burned out I didn't I don't think I, I had the resources or the wherewithal to know how to take care of my own mind and my spirit and my body while also showing up for others during a time where I felt I went into hyperdrive of trying to prevent more suffering in others than necessary because life was already so hard. And so because I didn't necessarily figure that out and because I'm like taking a step back and just in a learning phase right now of learning from the people who know how to navigate that. I wanted to talk to you because you talk a lot about mental health and obviously that comes from uh, your own experiences and your own exploration with yourself about what that journey looks like for you and what self-preservation looks like for you. And so with all of that said, before we officially dive into this conversation, I just want to know how you're doing today and how you're feeling in this moment. Oh my gosh. Thank you for asking that. You know, like I actually skipped journaling this morning and so I feel like now is a good time. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> to really reflect on that that today was one of those mornings where I like I kind of just woke up and took care of shit instead of yeah. like slowing and easing into my day like I like to right yeah. now I feel centered mm-hmm. um right now I feel excited but still I'm in this like very deep like I really I really align with the seasons like we're in winter Mm -hmm. right now right Mm -hmm. and right now in New York it's been raining it's been really cold and like gloomy and I just use that as information to like go within I've been in this like deep planning mode and kind of like nesting mode as well of like you know making updates to my home and like you know kind of updating like furniture and just making my space as cozy as possible because I want to spend the rest of this winter really just focus that's where yeah. I'm at right now um as far as being a a creative and you know somebody with a community and also being a brand owner you know incidentally I didn't look at Sadie baddies as being something that I would have to continue kind of t- fostering and taking care of mm. you know you kind of just start something sometimes and you're like okay, this is going to be this Instagram page. And yeah. then boom, it becomes like three, four years later. It's like, no, this is actually like my life's work, you know? Exactly. So I've been kind of revisiting um, hibernation and mm. and really like embracing the fact that as humans, we don't really get to hibernate the way that we want to or the way we should because yeah. we are always, always like going and moving and having to work. So yeah. I'm taking the opportunity that I have which is, you know, me working remotely, working from home, which I know is a privilege, um, you know, and using that as an opportunity to kind of 
revisit myself and revisit my work and revisit what, what do I want for the new year and what intentions I want. So I'm in this space of kind of like, I feel like I've been a little bit more introverted, um, socially, Mm -hmm. like, um, in the summertime, I'm definitely more like, okay, guys, like, what are we doing this weekend? Like, you know, yeah. I'm out, like I'm outside, but I'm definitely inside right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. It's literally like brick outside. So uh, to be outside right now has to be for a very important reason. And so just, yeah, being inside and, and sticking to yourself and, and going inward makes a lot of sense. And I've always felt that way too about the seasons. I feel like although the winter is not the most fun and it's uncomfortable and, and you know, it's inconvenient, I appreciate that it does make you go inside of yourself and and it makes you look around in your home and say is this the cocoon I want to be in like you're saying you know and I think there's something really beautiful about that despite the inconveniences and how bleh it is outside right right you're just kind of like you feel one with nature and you feel like you know what I'm a human being right now this is my environment and I'm gonna just go with it yeah Exactly. I love that. And I want to dive into that part that you just said about sometimes you start things and you don't really know what it's going to be, right? So I would like to learn more about the experience that you had because I too kind of had that experience with Goddess Council. It was like one of those things where it's like, oh, I'm just going to have people over one time and it's okay, I'll do it again. And then it's like, damn, this is a, now it's a business and I'm sure you got an LLC or you got something you have to, you have, you're doing partnerships. It is a very different element of the idea that comes about a little later and as a surprise sometimes. So what has that process been like for you? Ooh, it's been a lot of, um, I don't think people realize how messy it is and how confusing it is. Like being first generation American, I'll start there. I'm Ghanaian. Uh, my parents are, you know, they're, they're, they immigrated here from Ghana, um, mm-hmm. in the eighties and they started a completely different life. And my, my mom has always been in someone that works for herself she's also mm-hmm. Sagittarius like me mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I see you know a lot of similarities between us but um she has always worked for herself for the most most of her life and she's been a business owner she is a cosmetologist so she had her own salon and this hair but she's also a community builder herself mm-hmm. and so I learned a lot of that intrinsically I think that's where the values that I have with my community, it stems from that upbringing of my mom watching her have, you know, woman come into our house that needed food or she every time there was someone new in her church that had a baby or had surgery, she would be the one to like bring them food and make sure that they were okay. Like she is still that person very much so. So that's beautiful. Yeah, my mom is is really like, truly one of like, she has the biggest heart of anyone that I know. Um, and so I see like how much love she pours into the people around her. And I think honestly, that inspired me to want to do something with, you know, my, my presence here on this earth and wanting to make life easier and softer and a little bit better for folks around me, because by all means, she didn't have a soft life, you know, growing up, but like, I'm like, well, I have opportunities she didn't have. So starting there is kind of how I created my value system of what I wanted to build. I didn't know it was going to be digitally, um, which is, you know, Saddie Baddies as it is now. In the Soft Life podcast, I didn't know that 
the digital route would be my way of doing it, but it is, and it happened. And it truly started with me working at like a dead end job, uh, like four years ago. Um, I'd started my first job out of grad school and I was working at a nonprofit and I really, really, really had a hard time feeling fulfilled there. You know, it's just like, if you've worked a toxic job, you know, you already know what it's like. It's really, it's, it sucks the life out of you. It makes yeah. you question your self-worth and it, it really can beat you down like mentally, physically, spiritually, financially, especially if you're not getting paid well. And so I was going through that um, experience at fresh out of grad school. I hadn't even graduated yet. Actually, I was still in grad school and um, starting that job and, and, and knowing that there had to be another way that I could express myself creatively. And instead of suppressing my creativity, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I was always drawing. I was always painting. I literally would paint on the walls and draw on the walls. My mom and dad were not happy about that, but I was literally... <laughs> Like up until like 12 years old, like I was like drawing kind of like doodling everywhere. Like I was just so like, I had so much creative energy. Like now yeah. in retrospect, I'm like, I just, that's just who I am. I just have that creative artistic spirit in me. And Sadie Baddies was finally my way of combining my knowledge of mental health and public health and also creativity. And um, I didn't think it was going to be something that I would still be kind of fostering now and managing um, and still very much building. But honestly, it took a lot of questions. I, I I always say like, if you don't know how to do something, there's someone out there that does. I guarantee you, like if you don't know how to fix a car or make sancocho or like, you know, there's always gonna be something that's, that somebody knows how to do. So it's a matter of asking questions and finding out how you can get to that end result. And that's exactly what I did with Sadie Baddies. I didn't know anything about starting a business or trademarking or um, having a business plan or media kits or dealing with brands and asking for your money when the brand don't wanna pay you on time, okay? Yep. Period, because you know yep. what happens. And so yep. like, now I can pass the torch on it. And it's funny because um, actually one of my friends the other day was like asking me like, have you ever had to send an email to a brand to ask like follow up for money? I was like, oh girl, I have multiple <laughs> templates. <Yes. Like laughs> I was like, of course. So, you know, now I'm able to help other people kind of going through the motions, going through their own experiences, whether it's uh, starting your own community or, or being a business owner, whatever the the cases, but it truly was me just asking a lot of questions, doing a lot of research and not being afraid to look inexperienced. I think now we're in this age of social media where all of a sudden everyone's an expert on things, mm -hmm. but truly mm -hmm. we're all learning still. Yeah. I think one, one trait about um, being a business owner, being a community builder or a brand owner is you have to be okay with not looking good all the time like there's gonna be you're, there's gonna be some content you have that's gonna flop yeah like I've, like I've had things that I'm like oh this is a great idea and I, I put it out and it just it does not it doesn't stick you know yeah. and then you keep trying it's all about it's like literally a social experiment um yes. and have fun with it like it's not it's okay to not know what you're doing but be gentle with yourself don't beat yourself up if you don't have the same 
level of expertise as someone who's been in business for 10 years or someone who's older than you or or some someone who honestly identity wise it could be someone that had more privilege than you or has um a different racial background that gives them more privilege than you and you know we know that black creators are literally statistically at more of a disadvantage than non-black creators so knowing that I give myself a little bit grace of like I'm trying my best I'm showing up for the people that I need to show up for I'm taking care of me and minds and that's literally all I can do I can't yeah force myself into spaces that are not for me yeah yeah do you think that that is part of the inspiration behind Saudi bodies is that very concept or that very notion absolutely I had been when I first started Saudi Baddies in 2019, I would go to events here and there and I would go to um, like wellness events and not to say that there were not people that were doing the work and doing, you know, creating spaces that I think were important. I definitely think there were some organizations and brands or companies that were doing that. I just didn't see myself in that at all. Like it was just, I would go to these events and feel very lonely still or feel very like uncomfortable because I I wasn't able to be vulnerable um you know and everyone's just kind of it's sometimes it's very surface level or maybe it's just not seeing the people represented that you want to see um Sadie Baddies is definitely a direct response to me not feeling represented in the mental health space also, I think there was a disconnect where people were focusing a lot on toxic positivity. So for example, I kept seeing, I would see wellness pages or mental health spaces that talked about um, affirmations, which is great. But if you're someone who's clinically depressed or someone who has severe anxiety, or you have mental health issues that have been you know, chronic, and you can't really jump from that place to at positive affirmations. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like walking before you could crawl. Like it really is baby steps. And what I wanted to do with Sadie Baddies was take my love for PowerPoint presentations. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. I love me a PowerPoint. Oh my gosh. I was like such a nerd in school, a straight A kid, um, student, like honor roll, like that kind of like hardcore, like academia, like super just really into school. Which I'm sure your parents loved. <laughs> oh yeah. African parents. They love that. I, I wanted to be a doctor actually I was pursuing medical school up until the end of college and then when I actually started side note I started working at a hospital and I was working with doctors and I was like mm, maybe I could do something else like still helps people but isn't like you know it's 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 not easy it's it's not it takes a lot of grit to go through that process but yeah say all that because I, I wanted to combine my love for PowerPoint presentations, aka my love of knowledge and sh knowledge sharing, and really start to have like really bite-sized conversations. I wanted to create something that people could share with a friend and start, they would be like a gentle nudge, like, hey, like I saw this post about um body dysmorphia, or I saw this post about generational trauma, or I saw this post about sexual assault. 
or self-harm or you know like get into the topics that people are keep shying away from or just briefly yeah. mentioning but not talking about it yeah and, um I I wanted to combine the duality of like you know someone that may not look like they have mental health issues or may not look like they struggle with their mental health, but is still very much struggling with their mental health. And I think we keep seeing that with, you know, people who are public figures or celebrities dying by suicide, dying by, you know, fight, they're losing their fight to major depression, you know, at the end of the day, that's, but it's, that's the perception, you know, of, of someone who's been going through mental health struggles their whole life and just doesn't look like it, you know, and that's the danger of mental health stigmas that we can assign certain people to have mental health issues based on what they look like, based on how happy they seem, based on how much they laugh, based on how strong they are or who they are in their community. And that's not enough. It's just not, you know, so Sadie yeah. Baddies really came from me having friends and people in my life that went through major, major, major mental health, like traumatic mental health um, issues or experiences, but you would never know, you know, unless they told you directly. And I wanted to create a more safe spaces where black people specifically and people of color can talk about these experiences and not feel judged. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. And, you know, our conversation is very timely given the tragic passing of Twitch this week. And I think that what I've kind of noticed when these things happen is that there's like for one for one or two days, you know, everyone online is like, we need to be there for one another and this and that. And if you need help and all of that, and then it just kind of goes silent. Right. And then we just go back to our default. And it was reflected again in this particular instance because it's like, but what are we doing though? Because from my vantage point, like you're saying, those very real conversations about mental health that are not all positive and that do require a certain level of awareness that things can get really bad and that doesn't make you an inept person, it doesn't make you a weak person, but also from a collective standpoint, the judgment that we put on people that do go through that. Which one is it? You know, we want to be there for folks, but then when people are really going through things and we don't actually create environments that support assistance and rehabilitation and tenderness and that conundrum for me, I don't know, it always confuses me and it upsets me because I don't know what, like we, we're not pushing ourselves past a point of like actual reckoning or clarity or acceptance. And so in the, in the midst of all of this, people are just struggling and dying, you know, as as we continue to just like not go there. And that's why I really appreciate folks like you and platforms like what you're building because yeah, we have to have some pockets of that, right? Like create some level of alleviation for folks to be like, oh, okay, are we going to talk about bipolar disorder? Oh, okay, are we going to talk about all of these medications? You know, things that a lot of people are still shamed for trying to talk about or needing that assistance in terms of even medication and stuff. But yeah, I, I really do appreciate that. And I mean, within the black community, within communities of color, it's just even more deep-rooted and, and more nuanced because... So many people just haven't had the chance to say, I need help. It's really sad. And, you know, I spent, um, I don't know if, if, if that's, it, it's one of those things where people 
start to do this like blame game, you know, and they're pointing fingers at at people and and not realizing like, listen, a lot of people, a lot of people in your life who may be depressed are too ashamed or do not have the fight in them to even ask for help. Like, how mm-hmm. do you go about that? You know, how do you go yeah. about helping someone who doesn't even know how to ask for help anymore because it's they're in this tunnel and it feels like they cannot get out, you know? And when a lot of us cast judgment on people who, you know, are going through a depressive episode, if you have a friend who's been really distant or hasn't been answering your texts or your phone calls or hasn't showered in a few days, like how how do we treat people like that in our society? How do we treat people who, that person at the grocery store that looks, oh, like they, they look disheveled and you have no idea what they're going through. You know, you have no idea what people are going through. Um, And it just, I think my experience in the medical field and in the healthcare system, like directly working with um, detained immigrants at the border during my grad school internship, like, you know, working at a hospital and and going into the psychiatric unit and, and having to do rounds with the doctors that were dealing with or treating um inpatient patients and so many of these experiences has shaped me to have so much compassion for people who are struggling with their mental health because I I know it's not as easy as it seems as like let me just brush myself off and it's debilitating it is so debilitating and we need way more softness and kindness for each other if we ever want to really make a change yeah, they just announced in New York this new plan to put a lot of unhoused folks who are dealing with mental health crisis. They're just going to start putting them in jail. And I'm like, I don't understand what happened. Was there ever a time where we were more compassionate when it came to things like this? Or is it just that our society is like becoming more of a pressure cooker and creating more and more opportunities for there to be crisis and like devastation and complete desperation? I don't know what the, I mean, I I do think that that's part of the correlation, but it's just like, how are we not all seeing that this is obviously going to happen? And how is it? that our solution for that is jail i don't get it i just don't get it i could talk about that for a long time i get really riled up about that because it's like i know that we have to find a solution but these solutions of just throwing people in like wards and 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 just putting people in jail is not a long-term sustainable solution the problems are still here the things that are making people get to places where they are at a complete low they're still present and i think it is because our society it just needs a reset of 10 and softness we're too harsh with one another we are so harsh with each other we are our systems are not sustainable for us to be able to rely on each other at all like literally the healthcare system is one of the biggest um problematic areas when it comes to mental health care and treating people that have severe mental health Um, issues and it's not that you know that treatment is not available it's how we provide treatment and then you know looking at what's called in in public health the social determinants of health it's not just what is in your body that's wrong with you it's if you live in a war a war zone it's your economy it's your your household it's if you have clean water 
it's you know violence gun violence it's domestic violence like that is those are the social determinants of our health it's not just this one singular perspective um and that to me is one of the biggest reasons why we are still in this like conundrum of people that are you know really struggling and then people who don't look like they're struggling but are and then in between you just got people who are insensitive a lot of times to to both to both to both scenarios to both situations so it's it's really it is such a deep and complex issue but the problem although it is complicated the solution is actually not as difficult as we're making it to be honest it it really is we do need an overturn of of systems that are structurally violent and like systems that are structurally oppressive to people that cause this constant suffering and yeah I don't I don't necessarily think life is supposed to be this like perfect fantasy in this utopia like you know we're going to be realistic here but yeah the response we have to tragedies the response we have to violence is so desensitized it's so desensitized it's desensitized like you know and I I'm hoping that you know as more and more people have access to digital tools you know we can start fostering and and really start to change these systems that are causing so much harm but what can we do now you know to start start creating that remedy and I think one of those things is creating community but also like going to going within our households and you know people that our parents or have families like how are you treating your children because those children are going to grow up to be adults that are going to have all of this trauma and it's going to be projected onto other people yeah throughout you know in our lifetime so yeah yeah we could talk I I know you and I could talk about this for hours yes yes I mean because this is really important and I think when you just see a lot of these things up close whether it's just knowing people that you love and watching them go through things that are unfathomable because you know who they could be and then when they go to places it's just like when you really really see all the facets of what mental health and mental crisis looks like I think it it just awakens you to the fact that if this is happening to people you love that means it's also happening around you and I think within the black community I think within a lot of immigrant communities it is just not a thing it's just not a thing it's a thing people don't even have language for you know everybody has that uncle or that aunt or that somebody in the family something's wrong with them but you know with no one talks about what it is or you know they're crazy or they're this or they're that or they just kind of hide these things and yeah it's just I think what you're saying is true I don't think that any of this stuff is as complicated as society deems it to be I don't think the solutions are complicated I mean shit there's so many people writing about this there's so much philosophy around the solutions it's just the money needs to be there and desire to care about people needs to be there and I think that that's the disconnect because we're so desensitized to violence or people dying or poverty and hunger and famine and war and suffering it's just I think a lot of people are just like yeah it's just kind of part of what it means to be a human now and it's like 
really it's like you said it's not supposed to be a utopia like fine i get that we are all gonna suffer in some way if you love you're gonna lose i get that but can we not curb some levels of suffering we have enough food here we have enough shelter and materials here why are there so many unhoused people why isn't there more of an incentive to help society have more mental health support so that people could be better oh my god seriously i could talk about this forever because it is like hello it's right there we just have to acknowledge it and for whatever reason everyone's like ah, 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 not me not me i'm okay or even like you were saying the people who are in between who are just insensitive i think that there's a lot of people that have bought into the pull yourself up by your bootstraps bullshit and that allows them to not care that's just like whatever it's not my problem because i have to be responsible for myself so why don't you be responsible for yourself and it's like y'all not everybody is growing up in the same environment some people are up against some wild things and for you to sit there and just say like oh yeah you just got to figure it out none of my taxpayer money is going to go to that solution it's like those people are in your community regardless of whether we acknowledge this or not because i know our society is becoming much more isolated and it's very easy to say these are my people and everyone else like i really don't care about them no like especially in in places like new york you're gonna have to walk by these people you will be here with these people regardless of whether you acknowledge them or not but i digress because i'm not gonna i'm not gonna take up all of our time going on a rant about that but with all of that said you know there's a lot of passion behind everything that you do and there's obviously a deep desire to create impact and i think one of the cool things that you're doing is through your content and through the conversations you're starting at the very least you are making people pause and think about it and you're planting seeds and at this point that's all we can do right we can't change people we can't force people to do anything or whatever but like if you introduce language to something that somebody has never ever heard of and it allows there to be a moment of oh and then whether they keep scrolling or they comment or they dm you or whatever something has just happened and that seed is going to sprout something that might lead to a conversation when they get home or that might lead to a reflective journal entry or just them being able to be like this is the word for this feeling or this thing that somebody my family went through that no one actually said but in all of that i want to know how you have been self-preserving despite passion and the vigor and all of that that you that you have behind this brand behind this movement behind this intention there's obviously a lot of work to do and so how do you not get consumed with there's so much that I want to say and there's so much I want to do and there's so much impact that I want to have like how do you remain centered in all of that self-preservation is absolutely everything and I can't do the work that I'm doing without preserving my own mental health without taking breaks um what that looks like for me is literally it's asking people to help me it really is like my my younger sister love her her name is Angel and she is our community manager at Sadie Baddies and I hired her so that she could help managing the community that was growing and went from like 2000 followers back in 2020 to over like 12,000 followers today. And so I couldn't do that. I couldn't manage all of the all of the the activity that goes on on a daily basis on social media. You know firsthand how <laughs> it gets active, you know? You're, yeah. you're replying to comments, you're replying to DMs, you're, you know, answering emails, you're getting it's it's so much 
energy and there's a lot of it that happens on top of me also having a nine to five, you know? Yeah. So it's, it, I, I had to ask for help because that way I can focus on what I really think my role is, which is to direct, which is to facilitate, which is to, um, also look at the bigger picture from like from a like a director's point of view like okay how do I how do I want to go about this like you know when you're planning a podcast you're not just looking at your first episode you're looking at the longevity of of your of the show you're thinking about seasons or series or episodes or guests that you want to have like you know you know this so I I offload some of that and then also um asking for help outsourcing skills if there's someone like I said who knows how to do something better than me I'm gonna hire you because (laughs) one thing I I've learned is that as much as I am I'm I'm a um my human design type is a manifesting generator so by nature I am also I'm also Sagittarius which is a mutable sign by nature I'm very open to change and I'm also very multifaceted so I I know how to do a lot of things, but I'm better off sometimes if there's especially skill set like videography or podcast editing that requires a lot of skill and focus. I'm I feel more relief when I offload or outsource that to someone else. Yeah. Um, and I I've learned that by doing that, by not being afraid to ask for help, by by outsourcing things, it's not it's not a waste of money. It's not a waste of time because even though yeah, I could do it myself, like, but if I stay up all night doing something that takes me two hours because within my skill set, it's taking me longer to learn versus someone who could do it in half an hour, why would I spend the two hours doing it? You know? Right time is sacred time time is the most important currency we have in this life so i take my time so seriously i've learned how to say no i've learned how to rearrange things so that if i haven't taken care of myself first it can wait and whether that means a brand partnership a conversation an email whatever i have to make sure that energetically i feel at at least not necessarily at my best but i feel at a level where I can give. If I can't give anymore, I'm I have to say no. I have to reel it back. Um so just managing my time, a lot of that comes through um planning, planning out my my week and my month on Notion or Google Calendar, just kind of planning things out in advance so that I'm kind of it's like dropping buckets of your time throughout the week or the month so that I know and I have an expectation of what my load is on a regular basis versus me kind of scrambling and giving 100% one day and then 50% the other day and 25%. It's really me trying to keep a level of what I'm pouring into and out of. And I think this is the first year that I feel like I finally got that down packed. Mm-hmm. Um, the last couple of years, like prior to this, I was definitely in scrambling mode. Uh, I would be up to like 1 a.m., 2 a.m., like working on a post, working on this. And, you know, for me, it was I was going off of the adrenaline of creativity because, yeah. you know, as, as a creative, you get you get kind of high off your own like yeah. fumes, <laughs> your yeah. own fumes, like your own creative fumes. You're just like, you know, like, especially just, when you see that it is growing. Exactly. Exactly. That's like the incentive to keep going. But 
I learned that that's not a sustainable way no. to do it. And yeah. and as a business owner now, I've, I've tightened up on my my processes. I think like finding what your process is, whether it's how you send out your newsletter, whether it's how you post and when you post on different social media channels, whether it's you know, what time of day or how often you schedule calls or interviews or whatever the case is, like, what is your process behind it? Is it in alignment with your well-being? Um, that's how I've learned how to self-preserve. And then I say this all the time, but I really do swear by a morning routine. Like my morning routine is like, that is my saving grace. It really is because without having um, something that I can rel- kind of ease into my day I will always feel scatterbrained I'll always feel unprepared so for me having my morning routine of you know movement stillness nutrition that is like those are the pillars of my morning routine and I just I go with it and it really helps to keep me like centered throughout the day and even when things are crazy like learning how to take a break learning how to say no, learning how to reschedule, learning how to cancel, and also learning how to take L's too. Like I've taken, I've taken some major L's. <laughs> Absolutely. To the point of when it's exciting, when you're growing and you keep going or whatever, you also have to sometimes be like, you know, I'm going to sacrifice this opportunity or this thing and slow things down because I can't do it. And that is one of the most important things is being able to start saying no and understand that by saying no to that and saying yes to yourself, you're creating an ability for you to stay grounded and to remain whole. And then when you want to re-embark on everything, you're going to be better. And that thing that you may have said no to, it's going to come back around in another way because obviously everything that's for you is going to be there for you. And so being able to like not look at self-preservation as something you can sacrifice for money and knowing that you have to be a priority, I think is one of the main things that oftentimes people that end up burning out don't know and have to learn the hard way. Sometimes people never learn and they just keep going over and over through this perpetual cycle of deteriorating and choosing the brand or the money or the work over themselves. Um, It's like you shouldn't have to go through all of that to learn that you're number one. And so I hope that anybody who's listening to this right now takes that away from what you just said, because it is critical. Yes, your creations and your mission is important, but you as a human being have to understand that you come first. And sometimes you're going to have to say no or take your L or be in a flop era, which I just learned about. I just learned about what a flop era is. But like, yo, if you got to be going through a career flop era to make sure that you stay sane and whole, then take that L and flop and know that you will bounce back. Always. It honestly, you, yeah, yeah. I, I tweeted the other day, I was like, you know, a real bad bitch can never stay down for too long. The bounce no. back, the bounce Head. back, <laughs> the bounce back is inevitable. Like bad bitches always bounce back. And I just always remember <laughs> that. And yeah, flop errors are real. My flop error, believe it or not, was I uh, I had two major flop errors. And I know they were definitely flop errors. Tw- 2017 and then 2020 flop errors for me in those flop errors still came opportunity came growth came 
learning came maturity abundance you know it's always it's you can't have one without the other so embrace your flop era if you're in a flop era just know you're gonna come back okay there's guaranteed you're gonna come back you're gonna gonna come back yes and when you come back around people are gonna be like damn that's you you're gonna be like you don't know what i just went through i don't even you know i'll tell you if i if i trust you if not you'll just have to look at me and wonder how the hell i came back looking so fine so inspiring and so put together period oh my gosh i think social media makes that a little hard sometimes for folks because you know, everyone's just posting all the great shit. Just be in your shit. Be just in be that it. shit. Be yeah. in that shit. And you know what? That's the thing is like, you really, it's okay. Like, it's okay. And I'm saying that because it literally is part of being human. It's okay to have a flop era. Like, I low-key feel like it is part of what makes your story better. Like, yes. you know how great it sounds when you're like, bitch, I was down bad. I was down bad, like just crusty, dusty, musty. And then boom, like the Phoenix that rises, you're just like, but look at me now. It's part of, it's the story arc that we all need. It's like the testimonial that you know what you're talking about. It literally is. It's proof of concept, in my opinion. Literally that. I don't trust anyone that I'm like, but where did you learn that? How are you, is this something you're regurgitating from somebody else? Where did you alchemize this from? What happened? Yeah, let us know. Give us the tea. Give us the real tea and don't, don't be fake about it. Like, I want to know. And that's what makes you relatable. That's what makes, I guess that's what makes it easy to connect, right? Like, I mean, not not that trauma bonding is a good thing or anything, but like when somebody goes through something, you're like, damn, I went through that too. And it's like, you know, I, I really fuck with you because you know what that was like. I know what that was like. And we know what it took to get out of that. And there's a, you know, there's a certain level of understanding that you can only have with somebody once you've also been through that because it's not so much of like a an outsider's point of view as much as like we went through something together even if it was separately if that makes sense exactly and that's why like even the like I've noticed that the content that I post that gets shared the most or it gets the most I guess engagement visibility it's always like my memes like the memes (laughs) always like baddies love the memes like they just they love it and I think it's because the memes is when I'm like listen we're not even like toxic positivity is out the window like we're talking about real shit like this is really what's going on and I think that's what people love is that relatability and it's not so much because it's negative I think it's just because this is life like sometimes things are not sweet, you know, and you just got to be honest with yourselves and each other. And I think that's what builds compassion as well. Yeah. Well, do you think that that is um, one of the major takeaways from the past few years? Is that one of the lessons that you have learned that was unexpected? And if it isn't, what are the lessons that you learned during this time that really caught you by surprise? I mean, definitely in terms of content, like watching my content go from like being very focused more on like education and insight and knowledge sharing to being like, like I said, like sharing memes and I like we're in our photo dump era with Instagram. Like it's just, you know, like people really are like, okay, enough of like the pretty pictures and the, the inspirational quotes. Like we want real shit you know and I I appreciate that because I I think me like I'm also you know I'm someone I I think of myself as an optimist but I'm also a Scorpio moon and rising so there's like a wow I've got like a dark side too like I have that dark humor and I, I get like I get it that's why I'm it's actually interesting like to kind of switch gears a bit and be like you know what 
I want to stay connected and relatable to my community. So my focus is not always going to be on things that are of love and light, you know, like some, I wrote a blog post, like one of my favorite blog posts um, that I've shared is about rejection. And it's about how I got rejected from a job offer that I thought I was going to have. Um, and I went through this like long interview process and everything. And they decided to, to not um, extend an offer to me, but I wrote about how rejection, you know, it, reshaped my thinking of what accomplishment is you know mm. and I think like just embracing that side and being honest about you know I really thought I was going to get this and I didn't like how do how yeah. do I how do I pivot how do I navigate this and um that lesson of relatability and like vulnerability has been very important within the last few years I think the pandemic has absolutely shifted the way that we open up to each other as humans I think there's a big difference in social media of pre-pandemic like pre-2020 content versus now you know absolutely even on tiktok tiktok is the most unhinged place on the (laughs) internet it is like so i remember when i first downloaded tiktok i was like what the hell is this like i was and now i'm like you know like sending these like crazy videos and stuff to my friends and whatnot but it's just um I think embracing like duality has been one of the biggest themes for the last couple of years. It's like, yes, we can laugh and we can kind of like, quote unquote, like trauma bond with each other, even though that's not the real definition of trauma bonding. But you know what I mean? Like we can still like we can make poke fun of like, you know, the shitty parts of life. But I think it's important not to completely like shape your entire narrative of life in a negative way, because then it gets really difficult to kind of like move through those hard times without having any hope at the end of the day and I think like that hope does come from community it does come from having resources it comes from you know nature honestly it comes from those those elements that are beyond us um so I I've learned that a lot and wow yeah the last couple of years have been a whirlwind like I've been through like three jobs I've been through a layoff I've been through like three or four different apartments um it's been a whirlwind the last like three years have been crazy um but I think you know just being vulnerable and and showing and 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 caring and showing up for each other has been one of the those themes of like really truly leaning on your community and asking them to show up for you just the same way you show up for them like that reciprocal kind of relationship yeah and that part that you said earlier of like I ask people for help that is critical that will make your life a lot easier and that does require vulnerability and it could potentially lead to rejection maybe people will say no if they don't have the capacity but like it's worth just asking for help because any way you can hack this life thing, it's worth trying. You don't have to be in hard mode all the time. It's already going to be hard in and of itself. Don't make it harder. Exactly. Exactly. It's all right. Life is already like you come into this world through birth. Right. And that is arguably the most painful, traumatic, you know, crazy experience a human being could ever go through. So yeah. it's like off the rib, you come in and with all of that and it's like life just kind of gets more and more complicated but that's why we need to create soft spaces we need to create moments of joy and pockets of joy and peace and love and acceptance um and vulnerability because without that we can't balance the two at all like you know yeah absolutely 
Oh, you were so great. You were just like, I can hear you talk forever, which is great that you have a podcast. Hello. It's great. <laughs> if you ever just want to listen to Priscilla. <laughs> listen, coming from the kid who literally would not shut up. Um, I think it's just funny in retrospect that I have a podcast now because I remember my my uncle like being in the car with me and I was five years old and I just was like yapping away. I wouldn't he I, he tried to pay me to stop talking. I, I wouldn't take the money. I was like, no, I have things to say. And I, you know, so I think it's great. But I, <laughs> you know, I appreciate everyone who listens. And I mean, you have such a beautiful platform and space. I'm really grateful that we aligned and we're in community with each other. Me too. This is um, one of the most aligned internet connections that I've had in a while. So I'm really glad that I have you here and that folks can hear more about your journey and your story. We're approaching our one hour mark. And so before I let you go, I just want to ask you one final question. And it is, if you could share any advice with folks in wellness, particularly black women and activists, regarding how to preserve a balance between serving others and maintaining a harmonious inner landscape, what would it be? Ooh, that is such a beautiful question. What first comes to mind, and for some reason this is like, has come up again and again, is learn to say no. Because if you're someone that's empathetic or you identify as being an empath or just being an empathetic person or you're very compassionate or you're caring or you're the strong friend or you're the go-to person or you're... You know, and I feel like people who are community builders tend to be this way a lot. Learn to say no. Every brand that comes across your your inbox is not going to be the one. Every person that's trying to collaborate with you is not going to be in alignment with you. And I had to learn that because in the beginning, I was saying yes to everyone, anyone and everyone that would reach out to me. Oh, yeah, let's go on live together. Let's do this together. I went on live with people. And I never heard from them again. I'm sorry. I'm not even trying to be shady. I'm just saying like there's there is truly there is a distinction between people who you are truly in community with and the people that want to use, you know, whatever you have as kind of like a way to push up what whatever it is they're building. And again, like that's the difference between being like having connection and having being opportunistic you know to be completely honest and I don't think there's anything wrong with networking but network with intention you know are these people truly are there people that you want to learn from that you're inspired by that you want to grow with that you're motivated by that you feel like damn like everything they share is just like that's what's in my head or is it just someone you've randomly come across you know be more intentional about who you say yes to and why um also don't don't do things that don't feel good. Like life is too short to to just keep accepting the bare minimum. Like not accepting the bare minimum has saved me so many times. It saved me so many times. So when you are negotiating with someone, with a brand or with whoever, or you are trying to collaborate and it's just it doesn't feel good like take that as a sign a lot of times like our bodies and our minds they know before we our our brains can find the words to say it like sometimes things are just not in alignment with you and that's okay um and I think in terms of preserving and having a harmonious relationship with ourselves and our communities and social media you need to take time off as well like I said like 
is there someone in your life that you could hire to help you? Is there a professional that you could reach out to? Is there someone on LinkedIn or in your network that you could reach out to and say, hey, like, I'd like to hire you to do some freelance work. That way you can take a two week vacation. You can take a break. You can be offline. And it's so important to not have that burnout. You know, if you can prevent that burnout before it happens, great. But sometimes some of us are already at the point of burnout and we don't even know it. We just think that this is just how life is supposed to be. But truly saying no and learning to give and take in a balanced way is really, that's going to help you to have a sustainable um, space. It's going to help you to have a sustainable practice and continue doing the work you're doing because you're needed. You're important, you know, like. I'm sorry, but I'm going to go to my nail appointment. I'm going to go, you know, get my hair done. I'm going to make sure like, you know, I have my morning routine. Those things are important to me because self-care is non-negotiable. Like I can't just let myself like go and not give a damn about who I'm showing up as, as much as I'm concerned about who I'm showing up for. That was a bar mic drop right there. That, that That's that that's that 30-year-old brain right there. <laughs> I just literally that's my 30 year old brain just like yep pulling out the yep. weeds yeah because you know now you know now seriously you know better well Priscilla thank you for sharing your light with us you are such you're such a vibrant person I could definitely grab a drink with you or go hang out with you you are you are such a vibe can't wait to meet you in person sometime very soon and yeah everybody go check out Saddy Baddies go check out Priscilla's podcast I'm gonna link everything in the show notes and this is beautiful thank you for spending this hour with me Thank you so much, Kat. Sending you so much love. Thank you. Likewise, babe. Bye. <laughs> Wasn't that amazing? Isn't Priscilla just a gem? Are you feeling inspired to care for yourself? I hope so. If you want to keep this energy going and you want to follow along Priscilla's journey on the internet, head over to the show notes where I have linked all of her platforms along with details about Sadie Baddies. Thanks for choosing to spend time with us. I appreciate you. And I will talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Chats with Kat. I really hope you enjoyed it. It would be such a treat to know your thoughts about the show. So if you can spare 60 seconds, rate and review this podcast so I can know what's on your heart. Plus, it'll also help new potential listeners get a glimpse into the energy of the beautiful community that we are building over here.